You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Surprise, knuckleheads. We've got an episode on Thursday. This is our bonus episode for the week. I'm not promising we're always going to do two episodes a week or that we will ever do two episodes a week again, but we did have this one that we wanted to share with you guys right in the middle of the week. We're having such a good time doing the podcast. When we started doing it, we recorded a bunch of episodes and we did some different stuff and we weren't so good at it, you could say, yet. And this is an episode that we haven't aired yet, but we recorded it a long time ago. So we've got a couple of good guests on here, uh, a fellow named Peter and a fellow named Evan. So with Peter, we talk about politics, and he really disagrees with the post we put out this week, for instance, about how Christians should be in or out of politics. So that's one of the things we talk about on this one, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Forgive any poor audio on it or anything that seems really dated about it. So we're really just glad to be able to put out an extra episode and put out put out everything we do. We love giving away music. We love giving away these podcasts for free and all the stuff that we do. Um, oh, yeah. We have the pre-order for our book, Bad Christian, Great Savior, in paperback copy available now. You can go to badchristian.com and find our web store on there under campaigns. We got new stuff on there. We got new merch in there. We're pre-ordering the book. We only have, I don't know if there's 200 or something like that. We don't have a ton of them in there. I don't think we ordered enough, so they're probably going to pre-sell out. So please go ahead and reserve your copy. Get it now. We will get more in, and it'll be available forever. But we've, we've been a little slow in getting it and getting our store set up and ready. But it's ready now. Go check it out. Pre-order that book. Also, thank you to everybody who's donated to the You Were Never Alone campaign, the new Emory album. We hit our goal already, and we still got a long way to go. So if you haven't, scoot over there, too, and uh, reserve your copy of our new record. It's just 10 bucks, and you get uh, two songs right away, and you get the whole album two weeks before anybody else. Three, two, one, hit it! Yo, what's up? It's the Bad Christian Pod Pod Podcast! What's up, people? Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. This is Joey and Toby. Uh, we have a guest today named Peter, who's a Bad Christian Podcast, a Bad Christian supporter, and he's going to be on. He wants to talk some politics and religion with us, so we'll be excited to get to that. Uh, we also want you guys to tell other people about this podcast. If you're liking it, if you're enjoying it, tell people about it and tell people how to use it because I think a lot of people don't understand podcast technology is kind of an emerging thing. So tell them to get an app on their phone, to download it at iTunes, and uh, leave us a leave us a review on iTunes if you don't mind and tell tell the iTunes community that it's good and maybe we'll show up in some rankings. Matt, what if someone works at a retirement home and they want those residents to listen to this? What do they do? Well, I mean, this, you know, do people at old folks' homes have iPhones or no? No. Well, do they have computers? Uh, probably not. Actually, uh, people at, uh, yeah, those homes do. <laughs> I've seen them with phones before. talking. To, yeah. <laughs> do old people know how to do iPhones? Yeah, some do, I think. I think it's a crazy technology. But. Hey, listen to this. I li- I uh, was at my grandma's house one time. We actually lived with her for five months as Priscilla and I were transitioning from Seattle back into Charleston and got my computer set up and everything. I set her up with an email, and I said, hey, you want me to email uh, your granddaughter something? She's like, sure. So I'm typing it out. She's looking over my shoulder, and she notices. She's like, oh, you kind of misspelled. Ah, that's okay. You've already kind of – and so I just clicked on it changed it and she said you mean you can erase 
embrace it. And she was, <laughs> and she was serious. And I, it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like they just have no uh, sense of technology whatsoever. Yeah. Old people are ridiculous. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> my grandma uh, says, tells us to send an e-letter for her. An e-letter? <laughs> yeah. It's just like a letter you would mail to her, to, to her grandkids or something. She calls it e-letter. Toby was uh, telling. Oh, Toby Go wants ahead. to say something. No, I don't. Go Toby ahead. was um, talking at one of our episodes, and we ran out of time, and I wasn't able to tell this story. But he was. We're just talking about how he was mouthing some vulgarity at me from the car and uh, making himself laugh because of the voice that he was using. Well, it reminded me. I think one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. I was going. Uh, I was approaching a bridge. And I saw where the red light started blinking. So that meant the bridge is going to come up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I just can't afford to be stopped. So I hit the accelerator. And it's almost at a distance to where, man, I hope <laughs> I make it. Well, there is a lady to the right of me that was probably 55 years old that decided to do the same thing. <laughs> so we make it over the bridge. And I look over at her with like a real jazzed up face like, yeah, yeah. Like it was some camaraderie. And I put my fist in the air. She about died. Like she thought I was asking her to like go off the side of the road so I could kill her or something. <laughs> she, she seriously, you could tell, screamed in her car and then just <laughs> grappled with the uh, steering wheel and just kept her eyes in front of her and sped off. I was she like, thought oh. you were road raging on her, but you were just, oh, yeah. just... Oh, yeah. I was excited. Like, I felt like we were a team, but she was just like, this guy's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I might have told you guys this story before, but uh, y'all remember, what's the movie uh, with Vince Vaughn and, uh, you know... Uh, Swingers? Swingers, yeah. Sorry, Swingers. Um, you remember they, they would say, man, you're so money. You're yeah. just so money. Well, Joel and I were riding to, uh, I believe it was a Counting Crows concert. And uh, it was actually, no, I'm sorry, it was Aerosmith. And it was around that time. And we were going to Columbia from Greer. And uh, we saw this girl who had been following us for a very long time. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to write your money on there. And it'll be really awesome. But as everybody gets on to me, I don't do well with Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, right? Is that how it is? Yeah. So I wrote your money. <laughs> so she actually thought. We were holding up a sign saying, we want your money. And she she was in the left lane. We were in the right lane. She, like, it's right as we got to a bridge overpass, she hit the gas, unbelievable, shot across three lanes and off the exit to get away from us because she thought we were trying to get her. You you would have been better off if you just, even if you had that misspelling, if you'd have made the whole thing, you're so money, baby. Right, Then she right. might have understood. Yeah, but I just your money, your then, money. Yeah, I held it out. Your Joel's sunroof now. I, 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 <laughs> moonroof. Yeah, sunroof. Whatever. And yeah, so that's really funny because that actually happened last week when I was in the car with you. So Dang it's it! It's neat how you. That's true. Made that's it sound true. better by making it a long time ago. Well, good, 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 good. Matt, how's Georgia doing? She's fine. She's been out. She's just out cruising. So her. you're on baby duty right now. Well, uh, we had a foul up with our time on the podcast today. So my wife has a business call at the time this podcast is start starting and then Georgia's in a room playing by herself. So we'll see if that works or not. Cool. I don't know what else to It'll do. It'll probably work. Yeah, I, be- I believe in Georgia. It's about nap time too. Nice. She got a tooth though. Does she really? Yep. Dang, time really flies. Listen to what uh, William actually, I just think it's unbelievable what kids pray about. Like, what in the world 
got into his mind to where he thought he should pray for this. He blessed the meal, and then at the tail end of the prayer, he said, and Lord, by the way, thank you for killing all the dinosaurs because they're mean. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I didn't ask him to add anything to the prayer, but that was what was in his head. The funny thing about that is that he was actually really thinking about it and spending time thought like, man, I'm so glad dinosaurs aren't here. Right. I'm Would sure he he's probably thought about that before going to sleep. You know, like, what if dinosaurs were outside? Lord, thank you for killing them. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I, It's funny just the way kids think because, like, you know, they Ruby loves playing in her room. But if you close the door and the light, you know, the light happens to be off or dim, she starts screaming. She goes, she's really scared. So Ike has kind of learned that. So that's his punishment for her. But it's just it's hilarious to me that, like, a two-year-old and a four-year-old who love their room, love playing it and all that stuff, can get in their head that it is immediately a cave and they're going to die. <laughs> and, and that my son can think, oh, I can do this to my sister and make her scared that she's going to die. <laughs> and he laughs. That reminds me of actually when you used to sleep above me in a loft. And for some reason, Matt, I think we've told you this, but for some reason I got into this season of having night terrors. And so basically, Toby would wake up in the middle of the night hearing his best friend three feet away from him, well, probably five feet away from him, right under, screaming. Ah, 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 ah. And so Toby told me the next morning, man, what was wrong? And anytime someone mentions my night terrors, I remember them happening. But I immediately was like, well, Toby, why, why didn't you wake me up? Like That would have ended everything. He said, dude, and he was being serious, he said, I scooted over as close as I could to the wall <laughs> and kept as still as I possibly could because whatever was down there getting you, I did not want it to get me. <laughs> and I think you were serious. Yeah, I was. I, when you get woken up in the middle of the night, you're scared to death. Yeah, but I remember why that just from being a little what? kid. And you don't want, whenever something's scary, just free, totally freeze. I guess I don't know. I think that's instinct. I think it's instinct. I got to save my life. What about my life? You're dying. I hear it. <laughs> There's no safe. <laughs> Too you. late for you. I know that sucks. I was I was like, Lord, please get him to heaven, make it quick, let him die, Lord, just end it. But I was like, I'm gonna live. I'm getting I mean, out of this. That it might, but it might be a good strategy. I mean, think of somebody broke into your house. It's either somebody who wants to kill, maybe kill and rape, or somebody that just wants your stuff. So if somebody broke into your house, your baseball bat come through the window, and and you know two guys came in, you might be best off if you could just get to the edge of the bed and not move at all. That might yeah. be the best plan of survival for your family. But you think, well, i got to get up and fight these guys or whatever, but you might be better off to just don't move. Yeah. It, it, like when you're a kid, you – or I'm not going to throw you all into it, but I worried about everything. Like I used to say, Mom and Dad, someone can – if we're all going to sleep, well, someone can break in and we won't know it. He was like, son, we deadbolt the doors in the front – and in the back, the windows are locked. Your mom is super careful, super secure. I was like, I seriously remember saying this one time. They could get on the roof and use a chainsaw. They can get, he's like, son, we would wake up and hear that. <laughs> but my mind was just like, someone could get in if they wanted to. I actually, see, that's what is funny for me is I thought about that too. But I actually really, because uh, my imagination was so crazy, really believed that like werewolves and vampires existed. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we we're growing up in Greer, South Carolina. We did not have air conditioning. We just had fans. So in the summer, you imagine how hot it was. I had it in my mind that if I pulled my covers all the way up to my neck, 
and I met several covers that they couldn't, they wouldn't bite me because I assumed that vampires only bit you on the neck. I was like, yeah. they won't bite you in the skull or the cheek or whatever. So I would sleep at night with four or five blankets, and it was like you know eighty degrees sometimes. Dagum. I'm pretty sure that even if vampires did exist, they would not bite you in the skull. I don't yeah, I know. Bite. That's what, So I think it's pretty smart of yeah. me, but do, they, they don't only bite you in the neck, do they? I mean, it's probably the best place if you're trying to get the yeah. blood. That's all. Yeah, definitely. But, skull, hey, you know. but they, one thing vampires could do, pull your covers down. That's true. I never thought of that. That's true. Hey, um, I had dinner with uh, a friend of mine who just married a Haitian girl. Uh, he used to do a bunch of mission trips in Haiti. Yeah, she's very cultured, very smart, very intelligent, and she is a Christian. I mean, big time believer in Jesus. She thinks it is laughable that Americans do not believe in werewolves. She thinks it's hilarious that we don't believe in that. She now, thinks they're real? Oh, well, here's the thing is voodoo is huge in Haiti. I mean, I've been there before, and I've heard the the drums and stuff up on a mountain, basically, and they're doing voodoo rituals and everything. So she's just like, of co- I mean, they see evil, and they see supernatural powers. Unbelievable. It's every, Everything's right in front of their face. But uh, I, I think she even said she thinks it's funny that we don't believe in vampires. Here's my theory behind all that is... For sure, I think demonic activity is behind all of that. I mean, could what what if a uh, what if a demon possessed a wolf? Why wouldn't that look like a werewolf? But I mean, evil is so. See, think about it this way: in America, if Satan manifested himself in those ways, I think it would make more believers in America. In Haiti, it's like seriously a tug of war with who is in control because you have so many people that choose the evil. They choose satanism and voodoo and all that sort of thing but it was a super interesting conversation yeah we just lost 30 percent of our listeners <laughs> for joey saying that well werewolves are real okay man do you think they're real i, I certainly no just to answer the question do you joey pastor joey Svensson, do you think that werewolves are real <laughs> and you need to watch out for them do you need to tell your kids when you go to school don't talk to strangers <laughs> drink your milk watch out for the damn werewolves <laughs> Answer the question, Joey. Answer the question, Pastor Joey. Yes or no? Do you believe in werewolves? Not in America. They- <laughs> <laughs> so now Very William's going to pray. Thank you, Lord, that the werewolves are in Europe. Right. <laughs> no, in Haiti, dummy. In Haiti. There's an <laughs> epidemic of werewolves in Haiti. Now, why, why couldn't... I mean, I, I believe that we won't get into this. I think this would be a great discussion uh, for a later time, but... Uh, there's books written from uh, Christians that they reduced all the statistics of alien encounters, alien abductions, UFO sightings. They eliminated about 80% of them as foolishness, drunken people, you know, folks that just saw airplanes. They said, you know, there's a small percentage that you just cannot discard. And all of them have some commonalities such as um, with alien abductions, they're into sexual experimentation. They're into telling the people that, hey, we're God. We planted you here on this earth, which lines up to demonic activity back in Genesis when they tried to uh, intervene with humanity as well. So I think, honestly, that sometimes when people see UFOs, they're seeing demonic stuff or maybe even angelic stuff. But I don't think we can just throw all that stuff away and say it's all um, fiction. But Chuck, Chuck Missler, uh, folks, by the way, if you want to check out his book, 
It's called Alien Encounter. Super unbelievable read. Nice. Missler. All right. Well, let's ha- let's uh, let's hear from our guests. We'll talk about for we'll talk about some politics and stuff like that, and we can get rid of the supernatural uh, stuff that Joey's super into. Yeah, to, I'm not super yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, you're into werewolves he, and dinosaurs. He reads, books, and... he reads books about it. <laughs> he knows authors. You know the author's he, name. He knows statistics. You know certain <laughs> things about what the aliens will do to you that, that are in cahoots <laughs> with demons. You know it all. That's okay. <laughs> He's heard the drums. <laughs> the uh, Bigfoot is demons. 9-11 was demons. And demons got JFK, too. <laughs> right? I guess you just I mean, it's it. possible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Peter, what's up? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, man. Welcome Peter. to the show, Peter. Welcome, Peter. Peter, that was a wonderful yeah. transition. We go from werewolves to this. This is this is fascinating. Yeah, Peter, man. are you a werewolf or a vampire? And you have to answer honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, between the two, uh, I'm definitely lean towards werewolf for sure. Nice. So you're yeah. not immortal. Cool. Yeah, um, it, that's got to be overrated. That doesn't sound like right. a good idea. Definitely. Um, Peter is calling in from Charlottesville. Virginia, and he is snowed in. Dang, I am. About a foot of snow. Now, are you? At, how old are you, Peter? Uh, I'm 28. 28. So, mm-hmm. uh, me and one of my best friends here, we had the craziest revelation. It snowed here recently in Charleston with ice and all that stuff, and we realized, man, we are old because we did not once go outside and mess around with it, <laughs> throw anything. <laughs> We're just like, can you believe it? it did this in Charleston. We didn't do anything. Have you gone outside and played in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, um, you, went out with the dog. Have... The dog loves it. So uh, I'm from up north, though. So I'm from Pennsylvania, and uh, we're used to this. So uh, it's only down here. The southerners get real antsy about it, real crippled by it. But uh, I'm used to it. Peter, you, um, I actually had some phone difficulties when I was talking to you earlier. But I think you said that you do, like, fundraisers and stuff for hospitals. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we help uh, hospitals with um, uh, grant seeking, so getting grants from the federal government and from private sources as well, um, and talk more generally about sort of fundraising strategies. Obviously, there's a ton going on in the healthcare industry these days uh, yeah. in America, so uh, it's an inter- interesting time to be involved in that, and um, you know, that's what I do for my nine to five. So you guys are majorly affected by like political decisions and stuff, right? Yeah, you know, as as things swing uh, from a policy standpoint, um, you see that reflected in obviously what the government is funding and also what they're requiring of hospitals. So uh, that plays into what we do, uh, not only from a, a grants perspective, but uh, because it plays into what uh, types of services and programs that hospitals are uh, are doing right in your neighborhood. Uh, that affects what we do as well. We try to support those programs the best we can through so our efforts. So when you hear Joey tell Christians to stay out of politics, or if you hear yeah. me say that I'm politically agnostic, then that must yeah. sound like foolishness to you then. Yeah, well, it gets it gets even worse. I have uh, a couple degrees in religion and politics, um, You know, one of which actually from the U- University of Virginia. I went there for graduate school. That's how I ended up here in Charlottesville. Um, but uh, So it's a bit of my academic background, but when I saw... Uh, this come in from Joey, it did uh, it did definitely strike me for sure. Now he's uh, talking about a post that uh, a good it was actually a long time ago, yeah. uh, relatively speaking. That Toby Joey wrote a post that said Christians stay out of politics and how. Yeah, and go ahead. You know, let's let's take even a step back uh, further, Peter. We just want to thank you because you, I mean you're a guest on this podcast because of a certain level of donation that you um gave to bad christian and i mean it just blows our mind uh 
our minds when people like you will support us. And so, you know, we're making it pretty clear that we don't we don't know if we're doing things right, but we're just trying. So I appreciate you taking that risk. Uh, of course, sure. of course. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I also try to give you guys uh, my time the best that I can to, uh, you know, as far as helping out with uh, <laughs> with stuff on the um, <laughs> with stuff on the site. Um, and uh, by, you know, some some folks may know that there's sort of a, a couple of us that help. Peter, out. Why are you laughing just then? <laughs> You're you're a mess up, dude. You're a mess, dude. I thought that was just Matt that could see that. Sorry. <laughs> for you, for you, for those at home, Joey drew a picture of a penis and then held it up to the camera. So. You don't put that I'm, on. Me. I'm mid sentence. I'm mid sentence, and all of a sudden this comes in on on my computer, and I'm like, Hey, what, we what all have them. We all have them. It was a. It was a penis going to the bathroom. Sorry. You are an immature piece of crap. I am. I apologize. All right, Peter. Sorry, I'm sorry. Peter. I'm sorry. No, Peter. that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I figured it might go this direction at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, you disagree with a lot of stuff we say, and yet still you support us in a general way. So that's pretty cool in itself, if that's Joey's point. But more specifically, what uh, what do you think as far as our role and the stuff that we say about politics? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, um, and actually looking at the post, I think Joey doesn't really uh, dislike Christians being involved in politics as much as he thinks. I think uh, it's really just about how we go about doing it. It's not the what, it's the how. And um, certainly I agree with a a lot of the points around um, the discourse, the sort of vitriolic hatred that can come, um, especially these days, it seems it's gotten worse, and how we just approach and treat each other when we talk about these things. I think there's a way that you can appropriately engage in politics as a Christian. I think that furthermore, there are times when you uh, should feel like you are morally obligated even to get involved in politics. Um, let's, stop right there. let's stop right there. Let's 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 visit that topic now. Why? Yeah. Because um, and, and and I want to say this that I think Peter demonstrates why bad Christian is what it is because yep. Peter is someone that says, "Hey, I'm with these guys," and it's obvious we have a very sharp disagreement. That's how the church should be. I mean, if we all agreed on all the non-essentials, we would be robots and we'd be weaker for it. So this is great, great, great discussion. So my question, Peter, is America, there was no such thing as America when the Bible was written. And when the Bible was written, the only thing that I read is submit and pray. So sure. I just don't understand how anyone could say moral obligation to get involved. Sure. Well, I I, I think you can point to, uh, let's use some historical examples, right? So um, I'm not sure what the civil rights movement is in the United States of America. I'm not sure who Dr. Martin Luther King is other than a person who felt that their cause for Christ became right. engaged and overlapped with a cause that had to be political in some way, shape or form. And yeah. it, it, a movement like that, you know, if you're if you're if you're telling folks, hey, don't get involved in that, stay on the sidelines, be quiet, live a nice little peaceful, quiet life, don't worry about what these guys are doing and their fight for justice, then I'm not sure that that's I, I'm not sure that that really it doesn't really jive with a, a cause of Christ to me. I think those are situations where you know we ought we have an obligation to consider. Uh, you know, how we can get involved and support when there are uh, issues of injustice, uh, things that are along our walk uh, with Christ. 
I don't see how you can continue to just say, well, you know, just don't mind that over there. Yeah, but I, I would say MLK is actually an example of what I guess what I'm talking about is I don't I don't think he took a political approach as much as it became a political situation. I mean, his his posture was extremely Christ-like. It was, you're in the wrong, and I'm going to love you, and I'm not even going to retaliate. I'm just sure. going to tell you that here's my dream, here's where I hope we're going. And so I think Martin Luther King is probably maybe an example of why my sentiments would be correct. I, but I don't know, because I'm not a, historic, a history major. <laughs> maybe did, did MLK take more of a political approach trying to get into the political system? I don't even know. I mean, maybe Well, you I mean, not, not political from the standpoint that he ran for office, by no means. But I think that uh, he always knew the, the political implications and responsibilities that, that were going to be a part of this movement. Um, yes, I think he's a good example of what I was speaking of before, which is the it's not that we shouldn't get engaged. It's really about how we do it. And, um, you know, we probably need some more folks like that in our current public sphere these days, the way that we like to talk at each other. I'm going to agree uh, still with Joey in that, that uh, it's really more about him just doing a uh, fighting for a cause and stuff like that, where he he was trying to do what was right, and then it may become politicized by other people. But I don't think that his uh, his approach was to try to just go lo- like he didn't want he wasn't a lobbyist to get laws changed, for instance. Well, so so uh, <laughs> you referenced the I have a dream speech. Um, you know where was that given? Right. Yeah, I mean that's a <laughs> right. But, but if you're telling you me that say, wasn't intentional, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's in the spotlight for as many people to see as possible. I don't, I just don't know if that, if you could say political. But you, you're right. It became a political issue for sure. Now here, here's I guess another uh, line of questioning is Jesus did his ministry in a pretty effed up culture where effed up things were constantly going on, and. Sure, I don't think that the Gospels are exhaustive to the level of, hey, it includes everything Jesus said, but it seems like if we read through the Gospels, we would pick up on some political postures of Jesus if he had them. And it seems like Jesus took a strict approach of, you know what, the answer to this world is nothing but me. I give life, and everything else is going to come from me, so... If we follow in his footsteps, why why wouldn't we take the same posture? And again, I want to restate what you already said in my defense, Peter, is that I, I do not disagree with Christians being involved in politics. I disagree with them telling me that I should be. Right, so right. as far as Jesus, I mean, do you think that's a valid argument that he did not partake in politics? Well, I mean, he didn't partake in deadbolting his doors, which you referenced earlier in reference to your kids. So, I mean, by the same argument, we probably shouldn't do that either. I mean, wouldn't that be the most hospitable thing to allow folks in and out of our homes um, and forget the deadbolts, for example? I mean, there are a ton of things that that, that we have to do because of of the world that we live in. Is it unfortunate? It absolutely is. But um, I think that that shouldn't dissuade us from trying to make things better. Uh, right. We have to be realistic. We can't really literally walk in the footsteps of Christ in a lot of ways because of, of our, our, the world that we're in. But we certainly can not be deterred by that and, um, you know, really try to make our society better. You know, yeah. I, I think even on a local level, right, we start talking about these national issues, right? But think on a local level, like, I don't know uh, how you do something locally about homelessness in your area without 
um, saying, hey, if you're really serious about homelessness, um, you should probably you know, in- engage your local politicians in some way, shape, or form. How do you approach that subject without doing it? I'm I would agree sure. that the local politics are a little bit uh, probably more useful and, and relevant than, than yeah. national ones. But that, that's, where I, that's where I say I'm a political atheist and I don't right. vote or, or participate. And it's just because I don't think I can get any good uh, information and I, I don't think I know anything or have anything to add to the discussion uh, <laughs> on top of Joey's point. So I just kind of don't care. I just kind of stay I do out like, of it. I do like Peter's uh, example of deadbolting the door. I think it's important that we don't necessarily say, well, Jesus didn't, but I disagree with you, Peter, but that was a good point, man. That was a slam dunk right there, baby. I think, I think too, the, the thing about it is if everybody did care, then nobody would be, like Matt says, a political atheist, and then you would, your vote and your influence would matter. I think what you're saying, Matt, is what a lot of people say. They're just frustrated because they think it just doesn't matter. Either side, we live on a two-party system, and it sucks because both of them suck. And so it's, it sucks for me to vote for a Republican or it sucks for me to vote for a Democrat. And, and I really- doubt that you could ever, I yeah. guess agnostic's more the term. I doubt that I could even know, uh, I believe that it exists and a right and wrong exists even politically, but there's no way <laughs> right. for me to know it. Just like an agnostic person say, I, there may be a God, but he ain't, I can't find him. I just voted for anybody that wasn't red or blue last time. And it, I don't even know if it mattered. Like if I wouldn't have done that, would it have made a difference? But I do think that in the system that we live in, this is how things can be changed. I think if you go to the government, if, if enough people were to say something or do something, then I think it would influence our politicians, but maybe not. Maybe the reason it's like this is because of us. We just want people to lie to us and we just get ours. I just want the hamburger. You, let me ask you this, Peter. If you were the pastor of a church, <laughs> would you involve these sorts of uh, postures as far as trying to disseminate it into your flocks uh, decision making? Sure. Well, I think I want to be clear, too, that, you know, my argument really isn't talking about, hey, you have to be a Republican or you have to be a Democrat. You know, it's not necessarily sort of talking about party politics. Um, do I think if I were a pastor, would I bring up issues like I used homelessness for an exa- as an example? Um, yeah. Would I bring up issues like that that potentially do have um, related political, uh, impacts or consequences. Um, absolutely. But I don't yeah. necessarily think that I would be sitting up on the, on, the, uh, you know, up there saying, Oh yeah, we're going to, uh, you know, endorse this candidate or we're going to endorse that candidate. I've been in churches like that and it makes, it, it just divides your church. And, and the last thing you want to be doing <coughs> is dividing a church. Um, yeah. but I think, I think we can all ro- really rally around, um, the issues that are present in our communities and in our country and say, hey, what are, you, what, what are we going to do about this? And yeah. the consequence of that may be, you know, we do have to get involved in, in, in the political sphere to, to really see things done. I mean, the March on Washington and the civil rights movement happens, and then, you know, you've got uh, a couple uh, civil rights amendments to our, uh, our Constitution. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's how things get done. You've got to roll up your sleeves and do it sometimes. Right. Have you read... Um Myth of a Christian Nation by, I think it's Gregory Boyd. Uh, someone's referenced it to me before, but I haven't read it. I just, I, I think it would be a great book. I, I'm not saying that it would sway you the other way, but I definitely think it would be a good perspective uh, to read. Because I, I mean, this time, 2000, uh, gosh, back in 04 when Bush and Kerry ran against each other, I mean, I was a political extreme. I mean, just. <laughs> It, it was everything. I mean, I was just like, if Bush loses, I'm going to be depressed. And um, 
you know, I just, I'm, I'm kind of the complete opposite extreme now, but let me ask you this and uh, then we can maybe put this to rest unless you have some more thoughts. But if, yeah, sure. if Jesus, if it's obvious that our most important thing is Jesus changing hearts. Hmm. So I don't think passing any laws really changes the, the culture from a improvement standpoint. For example, I, you know, if abortions were illegal, wouldn't people still get them? It'd probably just be more dangerous. It'd probably be uh, more expensive or maybe cheaper, but they would still be happening. You know, if we if we made, um, you know, for those folks that don't want gay marriage, you know, if we made that illegal, is that going to bring homosexuals to Christ? So I, I just, I don't think that passing laws is really changing anything or at least changing anything important. But that could be a very naive statement. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe I'm harping on the same example over and over again, but I guess, you know, it's just, it's in my head. Um, you know, you, you pass a law that, uh, and then have obviously court cases that back it up that say, look, separate but equal is no longer allowed. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that I can accept your argument that that doesn't change things culturally. And uh, from a law, you have a significant shift towards justice in the United States of America. Yeah. Well, that's a, I, I do understand that point. I, I don't know how to uh, quantify it exactly of what the difference in those two, because those are very different examples, what Joe is right. saying and what you're saying. And yours is a really good point that I typically don't think of when I think of politics. But I think the problem is people typically engage in politics on just a really jerk, stupid, dummy level. And that's it. That's so, totally it, Matt. I mean, I think there's here's where we can all come together and say, you know, um, it, it's probably a time that uh, more level headed Christians <laughs> uh, kind of got together and had these conversations um, as opposed to just the folks that you hear so often that are just, you know, extremely vitriolic. How do we get rid of that? Um, yeah, those and, people are just just it's just entertainment to them anyway. I don't think <laughs> it, you know. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think it's just reality TV and with some implications that you can put your vote in there. That's why people like talking about it. And you get to pick your side and then fight for it vehemently and nastily, you know, if that's the word nasty. <laughs> well, you can be nasty about it. What, what bothers me the most is when folks, you know, go out there and you know, they, they say, hey, I, I'm a Christian, and then they treat folks like that, you know, when it comes down to political discourse on cable news and stuff like that. I mean, that's what now more and more Americans think Christians are. Yeah. And, um, you know, if that doesn't get you pissed off a little bit, I don't know what does. So um, for me, it's, it's really, I think instead of having, you know, uh, the level-headed Christians sort of stay in their homes and be quiet and don't engage, we're doing a disservice um, to not only what I think is, you know, some positive change that we can enact to, uh, to our society, but also just in representing Christ and, uh, you know, what the church is and who we are. Yeah, that's a good point, Peter. I think we can all agree we have to blame Obama for everything, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what's the, that's the worst part about Christianity is, and I think that's probably what you two, Matt and, and Joey, are getting at, too, is that that's the posture that a lot of Christians take is, oh, man, we got to get through these eight years of Obama because that's he's it. ruining America and everything we stand on is just all. And I just get so tired of hearing that. I'm like, man, I bet if I just could hang out with Obama, he'd be really cool, and I would like him, and we probably would disagree about some stuff, but let's at least just I, – I, not that I agree with maybe anything that Obama has done, but I just hate that people would like – insinuate he's like the antichrist or that he's just the worst thing that ever happened to politics or to america 
when I mean, I a lot of things I don't think are much different from the presidents that preceded him. To me, I I, I think Obama is the greatest. I love yeah, him. I didn't, Matt, I didn't vote you know, for the reason that, that. Why do you think Obama is the greatest president ever? I think he's uh, well, maybe one of the greatest presidents ever because he's so why? chill. Because he is so what? chill. He's chill. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> he's Matt just so cool. I mean, yeah, that's good. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't think politics matters. I don't think the president does anything. I think it's all just crap anyway. So at least this guy's cool. And then, like, when other people see him, they go, yeah, that America, they got a chill president instead of, yeah. you know, some old mean white guy that the terrorists want to come kill. They just go, oh, Obama, he's pretty chill. I was I listening like, to that's good talk for radio. I was, I was listening to talk radio. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, they were discussing the Bill O'Reilly interview with yeah. uh, Obama right before the Super Bowl, which, first of all, I got to give Obama some credit. I mean, that, that is that was the big, most watched Super Bowl ever. So what a humongous crowd to do right before, you know, and that, that uh, of course, is right all over the place politically, the fans of football. But um, I thought it was really crazy. They talked about it, and some people were saying, well, Bill O'Reilly was too hard, or other people didn't even, you know, they said, oh, he just did this and this and acted ugly. And then, of course, other people were saying Bill O'Reilly did such a good job. What was really interesting about it, the president's approval rating went up after that interview. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it, it, went, it, went up, it went up a bit at, because, like, kind of what you're saying, people thought, yeah, Bill, Bill O'Reilly's kind of mean. That president's chill. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. That, but I'm saying that's good for our country. I also say politically that whoever is the president is the right man for the job because he won, because that's what a democracy is, is it not? Yeah. I mean, like, I, don't, I can't stand it when people say the other guy should have won or not my president because he's the president because we believe in democracy. We don't believe in, oh, the wrong guy won because you should have got I, to decide I, I, instead. I agree that that's the right uh, result of democracy, but I don't think you can say that's the right guy for the job. That That would mean... Well, that if if democracy works, then who right says now, democracy works every time. every time? Well, everybody loves democracy; they just don't like this president. That's dumb. <laughs> Peter, you got any uh, outside the politic political realm? Do you have any advice or criticism, uh, encouragement, or anything like that for uh, us three? Um, well, not specifically other than keep talking about Swingers because that's one of the greatest movies of all time. So I'm glad that was. <laughs> I'm glad that was quoted here today, and uh, we'll continue to listen to you guys. She's got these fangs, man. You <laughs> don't even know what to do. It's just like this little rabbit. You got these claws. <laughs> just batting around. Your grown's up. Grown's I really up, like the movie up. Made better. I like Made better. Oh, no way. way. No way. Oh, you're stupid. Well, maybe not better, but I really like Made yeah. better. Cool. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us, man. It was really great having you. I actually think that this is a great dialogue for sure hey peter i did have one i did have one last question i want to ask you because like sure. you said you're nine to five you give grants is that something like you could do for uh like you know if somebody works at a fast food restaurant they sometimes slip you like free hamburgers or free soda can you ever give out like give me a grant for like a thousand dollars because we know each other now <laughs> hey we'll talk we'll talk off mic we'll talk off mic thank yeah, you yeah we can talk offline about that yeah yeah uh, we'll make it happen <laughs> Yeah, awesome, yeah. Peter. Well, hey, thanks again for supporting us, man, and uh, being on here. It means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Enjoy right, the you. snow, dude. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers. I totally didn't think about him seeing his natural penis. I was just trying to show you, man. You weren't looking. I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> no, I saw him put it up there, and I was thinking, oh, man, Toby doesn't know that he, he can see what he's doing. <laughs> All right. Well, Toby, try not to make that mistake this this time we got a new guest coming on here. He's a bad Christian supporter. Uh, Joey, tell us about Evan. 
Evan is 25 and from North Royalton, Ohio, which is near Cleveland. School teacher, and you know, this is a serious question I have. It'll, it'll to some of our uh, audience, they'll think it's mockery, but it's really not. Uh, retardation is for sure a scientific terminology, and I've talked to some people that say, "Hey, that that's what it is." When we're talking about mentally handicapped people, that's not an offensive term. I personally think that culture says that it is. I don't know how many circles where you can just say. Uh, hey, he's retarded. What What's your take on that? I, it's a, It goes along the, the lines, I think, of like uh, how uh, secretaries are now called um, administrative assistants. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's the, I guess it's just sort of the culture of how people use it now yeah. as a really offensive term. Yeah. And so they just sort of changed the name to special needs or yeah. um, things like that. So are you but, offended? Yeah, it was. Yeah, are, are you offended when people um, use as slang, like call someone, quit being a retard, and like, does is that a, a, a hot button for you? Um, I don't get up in arms about it, but I can definitely see it being pretty offensive to, you know, especially if, you know, your your son or your daughter, or your brother or sister is, you know, falls under that category. Yeah. Um, I can I can definitely see. How offensive it can be. Definitely, definitely. I think what? you got to be able to sort this out in, in a general way, just like anything else. Before I said this on the before that being offended it has to be just a matter of intent. Like if somebody says, I mean, you, right. you can't just say that's offensive, as in the words offensive. But if somebody uses it and calls you a retard, well, then you're free to be offended about that, for sure. But if, if somebody just says says something and they speak something, it's it's a different thing to be offended. Or just say, I, I don't know if that's the best choice of words, right? I mean, just, that's not, right. it's not inherently offensive for somebody to say the word retarded. It, just, it is not. Uh, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and it goes back, I think, to just education and educating people on why it might not be the best choice of words to use. Don't Definitely. you think you could be a mean, offensive racist and not use the N-word? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then that you could be, uh, you could use the n-word or a slang word and not have any intent to be hurtful and offensive that's so which is yeah. worse obviously the <laughs> one who intends to offend there you right. go for sure that's right. that's really cool man that you work with that uh demographic i guess i don't know if that's the approach but yeah. uh, i know the challenges that come along with that so uh for those listening um basically we had a campaign that helped raise money for Bad Christian, and uh, you were one of, I guess, I think it was probably one of 13 people that bought a package. One uh, of the things included being a guest on our podcast. My question is, no one in their right mind, I, and I've talked to you a little bit, <laughs> I've talked to you a little bit, and uh, you agree, nobody's going to pay just to be on a, a guest on a podcast that's not right. even a, a big deal. Uh, at this point, why would you support uh, Bad Christian with your hard-earned money? Um, well, that's like a multi-layered question, but give us um, one. Give us one layer. <laughs> well, there there are lots of reasons. I mean, I I really like your you know your stance. It's just honesty. Um, uh, How'd you find out about Bad Christian, Evan? I think it was through your Facebook. Um, I had followed Emery a, a while back. Um, and I just happened to see it and I went to the website and, and I looked through it 
kind of reminded me of like a Kickstarter. Um, I read through your statement, like your mission, and and wanted to be a part of it. Um, you know, and on, but on top of that, there's also selfish reasons in it as well. I, I saw an opportunity to, to promote, um, you know, myself a little bit. But, I mean, altogether, it's just, a, I think, a really great step. And I, I completely agree with what, what, what I've read in your book about the bullshit meter. Um, you know, there are just so many people I know now that don't know what they believe, and they definitely don't want to go to church. You know, and I actually, I also work as a... Uh, it kind of relates back. I work as a as a I work for a public school, but I'm at two separate private Christian schools. So, yep. um, what are we trying to do here? I mean, I include you in that, Evan, as bad Christian. What do we want to see happen? And you're, I mean, what do you want us to achieve? Uh, you know, I think that what we have now, and I've read, I, I haven't actually had a chance to finish the book, but um, while I was waiting, I uh, I finished chapter two, and I'm almost done with chapter three. Um, you know, you guys have just such good, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I guess, um, just such honesty, a good, transparency. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Honesty, transparency, handsome, handsome. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're great musicians, so you have that. Um, but the, uh, you know, I guess the honesty and transparency, that's really what, what attracted me to this. Um, so it wasn't a letdown to hear bad things about Toby and Matt. I mean, given that you're an Emory <laughs> fan, seriously, like, were you thinking to yourself, "Man, that's that's kind of crappy. I can't believe they did that." No, I was thinking that, hey, I could relate to most of this. Well, Toby wrote a uh, blog post. It's it's the most recent one on our mm-hmm. post as we speak right now on uh, worrying, and uh, I personally enjoyed it a great deal reading through it. What, um, how does worry fit into your life? Are you a worrier? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think everybody is to, uh, to some, to some point. Um, top three worries, top three, <laughs> what would be the top three things you worry about? Oh, uh, I worry about, um, getting to work on time every day. <laughs> wow. That's um, called OCD. That's OCD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know I, I'm really bad at, at being, uh, punctual. Um, gotcha. I worry about my student success. Um, I really want to see them succeed. So I worry about that. I worry about, um, obviously I, I think a lot of people, I worry about my image. Um, yeah. Uh, Evan, are you married? I am not married. Oh, do you have a girlfriend or anything? Uh, not currently. No. Wow. He's worried about that. So (laughs) So, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, I am probably worried about that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for us to buy that your top three worries wouldn't include that. Right, yeah. maybe maybe that's not for you, but I don't know if it's punctuality. You know, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the punctuality thing is probably not one of my top worries, but it's the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind. <laughs> now, Toby, what do you what do you think about his worry as far as his students' education? Because I think most people would say that's that's not something you worry about. That's that's a good worry. That's a concern. He should be concerned about his students' education. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he's probably just also that. I would have to assume here, but I'm I'm thinking too that probably reflects back on you is what you're talking about too there, right? Like yeah, oh yeah. If they if they don't do well, that means you're not doing well. Maybe you're a sucky teacher, or just you know you maybe you're lazy, or all this you know, uh, or you know that goes back to that being late or whatever. All that stuff sounds kind of kind of seems like it circles back around to yeah. Evan, Evan's worried about 
what he looks like to other people and maybe he's not as good as he thinks or people will think or maybe you'll let people down. But uh, I would like to go back, too, to that question uh, about uh, well, just looking for your future wife. How, mm-hmm. how important is that for you? Because I, I have talked with tons of guys your exact age who are <laughs> single and they desperately sometimes want to have a wife or to have that, that life together with somebody, to share their life with somebody. Is that, is that where you're at right now or is it, are you um, indifferent? I'm not indifferent, but I'm also not on the desperate end, I guess. Um, it would be nice. <laughs> uh, none of my brothers are actually married. Um, I'm the middle child. Uh, I guess I'm more concerned that, for my mom's sake, <laughs> than uh, than my own as as far as you know, getting married. But it would be nice. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Uh... Tell us about your mom. I know she's been battling cancer. You've actually made some sacrifices as far as where you live and I guess living a little more conservatively to be able to hang out and uh, take care of her. Uh, How's she doing? Uh, Uh, How long has has her battle been? uh, It was um, the end of 2011. Um, She was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, you know, it it was towards the end of the school year. And I still hadn't found a job, and she was diagnosed, uh, and it came down to the last month before school started. I canceled all of my plans to move. Um, I, I retracted a couple of my applications, and I decided to, to stay home an extra year. I subbed. She finished her treatment, and she just went in for a checkup last month. And so far, so good. So we have about four more years awesome. left to uh, <laughs> to be in the clear. Yeah. That's tough, man, for sure. Uh, my wife's dad actually just passed away a couple of weeks ago and left a wife who is my wife's stepmom mm-hmm. who is going through chemotherapy right now. So oh, it's wow. just like she just lost her husband, just had a mastectomy. She started chemo a day before he passed away. So, wow. it's, man, cancer is cancer is crazy. Well, tell us about uh, Release the Skyline. Uh, Toby, um, you, you did a little bit of listening to Release the Skyline last night. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually think it's pretty good. Uh, Thank you. Evan, uh, what, what, why don't you tell us about it first, and then we'll, and we'll talk a little bit. And just tell us what you do in the band, how you guys got your start, and, and what you're doing. Well, we've, we've always loved music. Um, We've been playing since high school, so that's about about ten years now. You know, we've been through a couple band names, a few members. What uh, kind of music is it? It's like uh, like rock music with metal vocals, I guess. <laughs> Sweet. Um, no, I listened to some of it too. Yeah, I heard yeah. your. So that's you doing the screaming on it. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Great. I'll metal tell band. you, it's it's a conceptual metal metal band with the musical styles, of, <laughs> most notably of Coheed and Cambria and metal vocals. Yes. Release the Skyline attempts to bring a unique sound and feel to an otherwise overburdened genre. <laughs> tell us about that last statement. I, That's I wrote that, Evan. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. One of y'all probably wrote that, right? Yeah, it was probably me. Um, you know, there's just there's there's so much music, especially in that genre, that really. It all clumps together and it sounds the same after after a while of listening to it. That's part of the reason why I love Emery is that you guys have such a unique sound. Um, Coed and Cambria is one of my favorite bands. I know they don't really fit in that classification, but we... I, and I think if you listen to our music, it doesn't really sound like your normal metal band. Um, yeah. And and that's 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 what I meant by the, uh, the, the overburdened genre. But the, um, the conceptual part is sort of just uh, 
all of the lyrics sort of relate and they sort of tell a story. Um, and the story is, I guess, sort of a metaphor for the, the struggles that, you know, the, the things that I struggle with um, in my life. For example, uh, Release the Skyline was actually renamed uh, shortly after my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, around the same time, my aunt had been battling lung cancer and was doing well. And she fell at a funeral, um, hit her head, and then passed away the next day. So it oh was just—it was just that you know that kind of thing that like why does this happen um, to all these good yeah. people or, or people that I would that I would think are are less deserving than say like myself or, or something like that. Um, and you guys play it. around in Ohio? Um, yeah, we uh, we haven't played out a whole lot. We've really had troubles keeping members <laughs> mm-hmm. it's um, tough but we would love to uh we would we would love to and hopefully and, th- and that's that's part of my hopes with you know putting it out there is that maybe more people will will be able to see it um and hear it and maybe they'll like it or maybe they'll... Well, what's the main way that you want people to hear it like what's the place that you direct people to when you want them um, to check I guess out your band our facebook page we we released a cd on itunes that you can find or um it's on spotify cd baby's pretty awesome in distributing it um, but most of the songs are free on our Facebook that you can listen to, so you don't actually have to go and and spend your. Tell them how to tell them how to get to your Facebook. Um, Do they just search just face- for release? The you Skyline? could search for release the skyline, or it's facebook.com uh, backslash release the skyline. Awesome. Hey, in my conversation with you, uh, we talked before the podcast. You said that you loved Emery, but yes. we're not we're not sold on the lead vocals. Can you explain a little bit more what you meant about that? What What do you mean? hey i do i do have a question about yeah. your music uh real quick yeah. um listening through the songs i and i hope you take this the right way because yeah. i actually thought it was kind of unique to you guys i got like a feel like i guess most metal hardcore music i listen to it, it seems a little darker I, there's it was like the music kind of came across a little lighter to me like uh i don't want to say joyful but mm-hmm. it almost it felt like action uh could potentially be background music in a video game or something like that is that is that did y'all do y'all do that intentionally am i just way out in left field no nothing, that's nothing um, like you guys but i think it was uh, was it anathema or yeah, uh, Ana- i don't know if i anathema, can pronounce that. that was actually the one about uh that was that was the one i wrote after my mom was diagnosed with cancer but okay it, it just had that joyful kind of yeah. like i i it, not it, i'm not saying it sounds like video game right. music but it but it it has that little bit of uh, flair to it or something like that. It doesn't sound like yeah, you know, just like <laughs> right. The breakdowns aren't all like sad feeling minor, you know, right. Breakdown stuff. It's more a little bit joyful, upbeat, it, it, kind of rock and roll. Yeah, I guess even. Um, so, I thought that was cool. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we we do try to um, at least at least when I write, I try to write more upbeat sounding riffs. I mean, we're both. I don't want to say musically trained, but we we've been uh, as far as music theory goes. We're we're f- fairly well versed in it. Um, we we do like to write more upbeat sounding music. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what is uh what what's anything you want to uh, leave with us here? This is kind of your last shot. Any <laughs> website or just anything you want to promote before we wrap things up with you? Yeah, if you want to say something like disgusting or a dirty joke, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'm a pretty soft spoken person, but um, we are. We are in the process of um, making a Kickstarter page to hopefully um, fund at least a single 
for uh, yeah. for some new music. Um, so that will be posted within a few days, and there's some really cool things that go along with it. Now, I was just going to say, as we move on here, I, I wanted to give Evan two things. Number one, I wanted to, I'm, I'm going to give him one bad thing and one good thing. The bad thing is I just Google searched his band, and mm-hmm. I can't even find his Facebook. <laughs> his Twitter page doesn't come up, and so you guys got some work to do. All right. Um, on your web, on your search engine optimization, and your web presence. But it wouldn't be that hard to do, so I want to encourage you to do that. I do see the right. CD Baby thing, but it's not that easy. I mean, I see your Kickstarter thing here, but you guys could should uh, definitely have a good Twitter and Facebook URL and try to get that to be more visible. All right. Because, uh, yeah, your music seems like it's interesting, and we hope people do like it. Well, thank and you. And the, the other thing I want to just tell you is a really good thing about your interview here, and that is... Uh, we really appreciate you talking and opening up about your aunt and your mom and stuff that's going on with you. And I'd like to really point out that immediately when you're asked about stuff you worry about, you you didn't mention the cancer in your family and the deaths in your family or finding a wife or being single, which are two big things. And I think that's really great that you that you did that and that you took the time to do that because I think that's the way it is with everybody. When you first ask them stuff, they say stuff like, I worry about being late or I drink too much Mountain Dew or I can't get up because my alarm clock is too, is too quiet <laughs> or whatever. But uh, just spend a little time with people and you can you can get a little bit deeper. So we really want to encourage everybody out there to do that. Don't don't accept it when somebody tells you uh, their biggest struggle is being punctual, right. and it's not it's not it's usually not that far off that they have something deeper that they would probably like to talk about. So uh, stick with it with people there, and then also just go for it. If somebody asks you what's going on, just tell them tell them tell them what's going on with your family and who's got cancer and what you really are worried about that's that's something that is really big for us so uh thank you for being willing to go there on air evan we appreciate that (laughs) well thank you for having me that's cool man hey what's your mom's name so we can pray for real quick tina tina Tina. all right uh lord we lift up tina to you and god we do pray that you would uh, just be with her let her experience your peace that you give and we do pray for just complete healing Lord, that the next time she gets tests, Lord, they will be gone. Uh, The cancer would be completely gone. And uh, Lord, just get glory out of this situation regardless. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool, man. Evan, good having you, buddy. Um, Matt or Toby, y'all have anything else for Evan? Nope. Thank you, Evan. We appreciate your support very much. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. See you, Evan. All right, Joe, you've been at the doctor recently, you were saying, and you've changed doctors, and you're on some medication, and I know we've done, uh, we've talked about that before, you having depression and being on different medications, stuff like that, so uh, what's going on with you health-wise? Um, some of you have read some of my posts, and I, I'm on medication for depression. Um, I think there's got to be a, a healthy tension. I actually left a family uh, practice um, my doctor, I loved him. Great people skills, super, super nice. What's guy. his name? Doctor Acula? Uh yes. Okay. Uh thanks for making that public. No, his name's not Doctor Acula. Was it rhymes with Dracula? That was a dumb example. Anyway, he basically was prescriber crazy. I actually needed to lose some weight and he said that there are medicines out there that will um lower your appetite. And it just offended me. So I was just like, why don't you tell me just to exercise more and eat better? So I actually wrote him a letter and I (laughs) I thanked him for the years of uh, practice and just thanked him for all he did for my family. And I said, I just need to find a doctor 
uh, that doesn't prescribe something for everything and kind of has a balance. Yeah, I wish, like, instead of your doctor saying, I'm going to prescribe something for you uh, to help lower your appetite, he should say stuff like this. Joey, you are so fat that when you rub your legs together, I smell bacon. (laughs) He should have said stuff like, Joey, you are so fat that when you do a cartwheel, you kick angels in the nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't a doctor say that? And then you would want to lose weight, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, let me Shame-based medicine? Yeah, Uh, I think that's way better. Let me retaliate. Uh, While we were on our interview with Evan... Uh, Toby was trying to distract me, and he took a piece of paper, and this is the truth, and he wrote F-U-C-K. No, I didn't. Y-O-U, exclamation mark, while I was in a serious conversation with him. If your doctor would have just said, Joey, you're so fat that you get turned on by a cookbook, <laughs> that, <laughs> then wouldn't you, don't you think you would have lost the weight naturally? Oh, goodness. Will you put the fat jokes down from your cell phone? What, what did you look them up on the website? No, you, I memorized just them. Have no, his phone was up. It's funnier sounding when you read them. I like it. Read another one. <laughs> the, okay, Joey went into the doctor. He's 50 pounds <laughs> overweight. Dr. Dr. Slathers, but, but, what's, what's your yeah, professional but, opinion? Well, here's the good thing, though. Joey did lose the weight, so now Joey's so skinny, he can jump through his own asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you know, Dr. Slathers, I know that I'm about 30 or 40 pounds overweight. Is there, do you have uh, any medicine? Like, I mean, is, it, is there, like, a, something you could prescribe me? Well, Joey, the problem probably is that you're so fat that you put mayonnaise on aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so medicine's not going to help you. <laughs> All right, well, guys, we still have uh, Bad Christian T-shirts for sale. Please go to badchristian.com and check them out. Wow, check out all the, kinds of stuff. What was that, that we have emphatic? That please, please is like we're about to shut down if you don't is the tone that Toby yeah, used it, to. It's almost over uh, <laughs> if you don't. We need to sell T-shirts because, Matt, what's the difference between Joey and a blue whale? Uh, the, the difference, I don't know, Toby. What is the difference between Joey and a blue whale? About 10 pounds. <laughs> so <laughs> he needs money. We need money for Joey's medication to lose weight. Please, God, we got to get some medication to lower his appetite. No, he's lost the weight. He has lost the weight because he can jump through his own butthole. So His appetite uh, is too much. Yeah. So uh, also, after you go on uh, badchristian.com, please uh, also check out uh, – getting us to come to your house, your conference, your retreat, or your festival. So please keep us in mind when you're uh, having one of these uh, events, and we sure would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and so that will help us to make more money. If we don't make enough money for Joey's medication, we will just get his wife some locks for the kitchen cabinets. Whatever you want to do, go to badchristian.com and search high and low, and you will find a way to get a T-shirt. You will find a way to get a book. You will find a way to get us to your town so we can hang out with you. So cool. Thank you guys for listening today. Uh, you guys have any last words you want to say? Thank you for supporting Bad Christian, everybody. We'll see you soon. Yep. Yeah. And we really are friends. Yeah. And when Joey gets on an elevator, it has to go down. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes down. <laughs>